so we are getting uh, back into Luke 19 this week. Which yes. Is exciting. We've been kind of away for a little bit. It's funny how it, it's only been a few weeks, but it feels like a really long time of not being in it. it Especially because we've been in Luke for a long right, time. Right, right. Looking back over the last year, we were in Luke last year. <laughs> so oh, we has spent, it really been We that? spent uh, most of 2018 in Luke, and now more. here we are more than halfway through right. 2019. And uh, and we're we're getting toward the end. We still have a big chunk of of what's going on. And, and interestingly, and in looking at how it lays out time wise, we spent nineteen chapters covering you know thirty three years. Right. And now the next uh, what is there? You know, I think there's like twenty four chapters. Yeah, twenty four chapters. So now from from nineteen to twenty four, this is all happening right. in a week in right. Jerusalem. Right. You know, so it, it's jumping in there pretty heavy right now but this is why he came and and we saw that in Luke 19:10 that he said that the son of man came to seek and save the lost and a lot of times we look at that as him taking care of the the sick and the lepers and and all that stuff that he did and that's sort of a piece of it but that what they weren't saved by those things right they were helped. <coughs> Excuse me. That was really terrible. They were helped. They were aided by those things, and those temporal healings and those temporal um, moments of of hope were all designed to point to his authority. They were they were his calling card, his identification, so that in his earthly ministry, the demonstration of his authority of of his power. Uh, gave credence to the authority of his teaching, of his words. But he never made any bones about the fact that I came to die. Mm -hmm. I I, I will suffer and die at the hands of wicked men. Uh, I'll be rejected by this generation. That's what I'm here for. And so we can look at it now in a way that they couldn't at the time. We have the benefit of hindsight, and we have it written down for us. Uh, that had not been explained yet. So it wasn't until after his resurrection that his disciples, his followers, would get it. But for us, we start out with that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Before, you know, even, especially in America, even the biblically, biblically in, let me try this again, biblically illiterate, if we're completely ignorant of right. the scriptures, you know we've heard enough right. Right. through the culture, movies, through movies, whatever. right. Yeah, yeah. We, Christmas songs, People, uh, the Oscars, you know, right. you know, everybody thinks their Lord and Savior Jesus right. Christ. People talk about the fact that Jesus died for our sins. Right. That, that in itself does not make you a Christ follower, right. which is one of the things that troubles me so often. We get very free, very loose with talking about these things, and, and James says the devil believes that stuff too, mm-hmm. and he shudders. What good does it do to believe it if you don't surrender to it? If you're not reborn in Christ, then all your right doctrine, all your right believing doesn't really help you because you're still spiritually dead. So anyway, as we get to Luke 19, now uh, starting in verse 28, he's done with, not, not done with his teaching, but he's come to the place where his primary ministry is no longer the teaching and the reaching out to the folks. Now he's going to actually do the deed in Jerusalem. And he'll still be teaching. He'll still be asserting his authority. Um, but his his face is set for this. And he gets to um, to the entrance of Jerusalem. So far he's been, you know, our last uh, real story was, was at the beginning of 19 was with Zacchaeus. And then he tells the parables. That happened at Jericho on the way to Jerusalem. Now he's here. 
And as he's entering uh, this familiar scene that we celebrate at Palm Sunday, he enters on this donkey. The crowds show up, and they're uh, shouting praise to him, and they're you know throwing palm branches and coats and all the, these things um, to to signify that royalty is coming. This conquering king is entering, and so the idea um, uh, as he comes in, in a lot of their minds, which is why he just told the parable of the minas right before this, is that the the kingdom of God will be established now. That when if, if Jesus really is Messiah, and they seem to get that, at least partly, mm-hmm. they don't quite get everything that that means, but their vision of who the Messiah would be, they recognize he has claimed and he has backed up that he's the guy. So when he gets to Jerusalem, that's the inauguration of the kingdom. He's going he's gonna to come in, take the throne, kick out the Romans, glory of Israel, yay, everything is great. And Israel then will, will reign forever, and, mm-hmm. and they're... Supreme dominance will cause peace. That's how he's going to operate. He tells the parable to say, not yet. We're, we're starting this. But <laughs> I just uh, heard Tony Evans uh, talk about in a sermon on a different topic that we, the church, are, we're the, the preview of coming attractions. <laughs> we're, you know, we're, we are the, not the movie, but we're the, the trailers and the stuff right. that you see at the beginning. Um, because we're giving people a taste of what he's going to do in the fullness of it. We're just a sampling. We're the ambassadors now for the kingdom that will be established. So we, as he comes in, they get that part. And they're recognizing him as king. They're not understood. What they're not getting is the now and the not yet. They're, they're seeing it all as the now. So he gets into the city and, and they're praising him and the leaders are saying, stop him. And he's like, can't stop him. This is the time. If they stop, then creation itself will continue this chorus. The stones will cry out in praise because that's what this moment is for. It's the one time that he is virtually universally accepted and praised as who he is. So we get a, just a tiny glimpse of what we will one day see as if it's lightning going from one end of the sky to the other, that every eye will see him and we will behold him as he truly is. No more baby in a manger, no more you know, veiled in flesh. No, we're talking about the king, the Godhead appearing. And so as he now takes this authoritative place, his authority is recognized, he enters the temple, kicks out the money changers, and says, wait, what's, no, uh-uh, this is my house. My house is a house of prayer for all nations. But before he even gets to that place, between the triumphal entry, as the NIV calls it, and the, uh, the casting out of the money changers at the temple, we have this little paragraph where Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. He's not coming to establish the glory that they think. And he's not coming to condemn and judge Jerusalem. Very much like us, as he describes it in John 3, Jerusalem stands condemned already because they've rejected the Son. We'll actually see that uh, later on in chapter 20. That's for another week. But we'll, we'll see a parable that kind of gives that, that they've rejected the Son. And he's weeping for them, not because they've rejected him, but because of 
of what that means for them. His compassion for the people of God is what's breaking his heart here. He came to seek and save the lost. And here his own, the city of David, he comes from the line of David. He's coming to sit on the throne in Jerusalem. And they don't get it. And they're rejecting the beautiful grace that God has offered. And that's not, he didn't come here so that he could bring judgment to them. He came to rescue them from the judgment they're already going to receive. And then right after the, his time at the temple, we see the religious leaders question him again, and they, they challenge his authority. So we're seeing this authority theme that's mm-hmm. big. This, this is a big, big thing. Really, through all the Gospels, but right now in this piece in 19 and 20, we see... Um, we see the authority of Jesus really come to the forefront. He's been demonstrating and he's been building that. And now uh, as he's here and they're like, Who get, what gives you the right? right? By what authority are you doing all these things? Where'd you get that authority? And he throws it back at them and says, uh, well, I'll answer that if you can tell me where John's authority came from. Did John the Baptist do this on his own or did it come from God? Well, they're afraid of the people, and so they give the coward's answer, well, we don't know. And they said, good, fine. If, if that's where you're going to be, I'm not going to tell you where I get my authority either. It, it's, it kind of echoes to me, uh, last episode we had talked about um, the book of Job. Mm-hmm. God doesn't answer. I'm God, you're not. That's it. It kind of smacks of that, yeah. where where you kind of hear that reverberation mm-hmm. of the voice of God saying, that, that "My authority sh- stands on its own." That shuts you up real quick. Yeah, it does, <laughs> and rightfully so. Um, okay, so let's not go over time on this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make up. For the last we'll one. make up for it. So, but I do think this is important to to dive into this, and, and we will next time because everybody knows, just like we were saying, you know, everybody knows the story of Jesus. Everyone knows about Palm Sunday, and you know, right. a generality of what. It's happened. on the calendar, right? But everyone knows, you know, about the palm leaves and things like yep. that. So uh, really getting into to this section of Luke, I think, is going to be uh, important for all of us. So, And again, seeing all of it in context right. really helps. That's right. well, it's such an important aspect of, of studying the scriptures is not let's see what our favorite Bible teacher tells us right. you know, or let's read a popular commentary. Those things can be useful and can be helpful, but seeing the Bible as it is written in the wholeness of it mm-hmm. uh, as one big story and then seeing the individual stories as a part of that helps us to interpret it right. Right, because even being out of Luke for a couple of weeks now, the fact that we have you know spent a year and a half on it right. leading up to this, the con- the the context of that so far makes, makes us look at this a little differently. It should. Yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time.